stand up, put your hands together with this song. Said, Oh Lord, send the power just now. Hallelujah. How many would like to see the mighty power of the Holy Ghost move in this house this morning? Worship with us as we sing. Sing it with us. They were in an upper chamber. They were in an upper chamber. 
first again, can we? They were in an upper chamber. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Glory to God. Psalms 
this bright and fair, I feel like traveling. Oh, the Lord has been. Has God been good to anybody in this house? I feel like traveling. Oh, my God, somebody. in this house. Glory be to God. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost here? My God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Page 180. Nobody hears that land. 
for no burdens that will be for us to bear. All of the people will be singing glory, glory to the Lamb. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, everybody will be happy over there, over there. He will be happy over there. Oh, we'll sing and shout his praises to the never-ending ages. Everybody will be happy over there. There will be no one who saved us and who kept us by his grace. And he brought us to that land so bright and fair. We will We're praise his name forever. Sing that song. As we look upon his face. Everybody will be happy. We'll meet the one who saved us and who kept us by his grace. And he brought us to that land so bright and fair. We'll praise his name forever as we look upon his face. Everybody will be happy over there. Oh, everybody will be happy over there, over there. He will be happy over there. We will shout and sing his praises to the devil in his name. Sing that chorus one more time. Oh, everybody will be happy. Oh, would you lift your hands and give him praise today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Church, we're getting out of here soon and very soon. We're going home. We're going to see this Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's come to us so many times, but soon he's going to come for us. Oh, what a reality that is. Hallelujah. You give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Praise God. Praise God. He said, comfort one another with those words. Behold, I come quickly. Amen. So good to be in God's house this morning and feel, amen, God's spirit. Just want to welcome everybody that starts our camp meeting week. And we have many visitors that we're so happy that you're here. Amen. Uh, visiting ministers. Good to have Sister Carmen with us this morning. Amen. The Nesbitt family. Good to have the Estes family. Amen. Just wherever you're from, we're just so happy that you're here. Amen. Remember to be much in prayer this week. Amen. As far, far that God will just have his way. Amen. Mission center this week that God would lead us and guide us. At this time, our pastor is going to come around and receive the offering. Thank you, Brother Jeff. If you love the Lord this morning, say amen. Amen. I feel his presence moving in this house today. If I can get one of those pledges, Brother Buddy, and run through that very quickly. Now, this week, we're going to be having a, a wonderful time in the Lord. God's going to bless and move, and uh, we're going to get somewhere individually and, and collectively as a church. But in the process of all that God is doing in us and for us, there's some things that God's going to do through us, and that is reach our world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Between 50 and 70,000 people die every single day who have never heard the name of Jesus. They've never heard what you and I grew up in Sunday school, or even if you didn't grow up in Sunday school, if you just live in the United States of America for the most part, with some exception, but for the most part, you know who Jesus is. You have had the opportunity or will have the opportunity to come to, to know him as your Lord and Savior, but in some places around the world, that just is not the case. I believe God has called us to knock a dent in that statistic and reach our world with the gospel. Amen. That the Great Commission... Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. And I believe it has fallen to this generation, the divine mandate of God, to finish the Great Commission in the power of Pentecost. And so this week, as we go in, go along through our meeting, and we have the Nesbitt family with us today uh, and other visitors, and we'll recognize all of you in just a little bit. Well, we'll have Brother and Sister Baltman coming in tomorrow, Brother Roger Luke is going to be preaching. The Nesbitt family will be ministering in song. Brother Emmanuel Aslam will be coming in from Pakistan Tuesday, and he'll be with us in the meeting, maybe preaching uh, some this week, but for sure next Sunday he'll be in the pulpit, both uh, services. And so we're just excited about all the ministry that's going to be going forth uh, this uh, week. I need, a, I need one of the pledges that kind of give uh, an outline of what we're doing, what we are supporting. Um, we're going to be passing out 
these pledges, but now with these pledges, there comes or should come an explanation of, of what you're going to be pledging to, and I don't see that on this piece of paper. So um, uh, we have so many things that we are involved in and more that we have added uh, to ministry going forward in 2019. And so if we listed all of those things down on the paper that someone might have to fill out, it might have the appearance of having to take a test, and we don't want that. We don't want to make it difficult. And, uh, guys, we want to get these uh, papers out as well. This is important we get these out. So uh, we don't want to uh, make it difficult for any, anyone to fill out a pledge sheet. And so what we have, and this is, this is uh, some of the places that we are, this is most everywhere. Uh, we're working in Israel uh, this year supporting five churches and the Intercultural Center on the Mount of Olives for ministerial training and church planning throughout the Holy Land. Uh, we'll be working in Europe, providing ministerial training and church planning, working out of Croatia, and we'll primarily be using the School of Christ, <coughs> excuse me, in Asia, and particularly Southeast Asia, in uh, Vietnam, and then Bangkok, Thailand. I'll be going there as well, uh, providing ministerial training and church planning using the School of Christ, along with a few other uh, ministerial training programs. But to train ministers and send them out, plant churches and evangelize those regions and from those regions. And our, our theme and mission is, is to make everywhere we go a mission force, not just a mission field, but to preach to them, to encourage them to go from where they are and, and spread the gospel around the world. As a part of Caribbean evangelism and church growth, we'll be buying and shipping tents throughout the region for church planning. This, this takes in that as well. And we also support the following ministries monthly. Servant's Heart, that's in Guatemala. We've been there for a while. Brother Mendoza in Ecuador, we continue to support him. Brother Prasad in India and uh, those pastors that are there, the work that we've had going on there for a while now. And we'll continue to support Brother uh, Emmanuel Aslam in Pakistan. Now, we're also involved in the slave ministry with Brother uh, Emmanuel, as well as helping to support pastors and families there on a monthly basis. And uh, there, there are just other general things that we're involved in around the world from time to time. But this is where the pledges are going to be going. So what we've done is we're passing out a pledge sheet that you can give a one-time donation or uh, support monthly. Now, when you fill that out, it will be going to the general missions of the church to be divided uh, among these that we are supporting. And if you would like to specify, if you feel a burden for, say, Israel or Asia or, or Europe, if you, if you want to specify, Brother Mendo, whatever you might see here that you would want to specify, uh, then you would put that down here on the sheet and, uh, and then pledge to that as well. So we didn't, we didn't want it to be difficult, but we also didn't want to uh, make it to where you couldn't specify if you felt a, a burden in a, in a particular area. So we want to go ahead and start getting these pledges out this morning. They'll be going out through the week. We're going to have, uh, we'll have the pledge sheets also in the pews going forward to where someone can just, uh, you know, pick it up. Someone said, well, what about the kids? Well, we might, a few of the pledge sheets might have to take it for the team, get colored on or, or drawn on or something like that. Uh, but we'll make sure there's plenty out there so that each night uh, someone will have something to pick up and help us support. Uh, we're glad to have Brother Zane and Sister Erica Estes with us. He's preaching today, and she'll be ministering in song. And the girls, they're in Children's Church, and they won't be able to stay with us all week. He's very busy. Appreciate him coming by today and helping us and preaching to us what the Lord has laid on his heart. And they'll be leaving out sometime either Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning. It's good to have the Nesbitt family with us. Good to have Brother Aaron Ellis with us. He has been partnering with us um, for, since a long time back. He has literally been a part of just about everything this church has done in missions, from sending tents to supporting pastors to freeing slaves. He has been a phenomenal partner uh, and a great help to us, along with guys like uh, Brother Tommy Richardson, who will be here this week, my buddy. He is pledging uh, $10,000. Listen, he's pledging $10,000 to this conference this week to Caribbean Ministries. He's going to be helping us work there, and that is just absolutely awesome. I appreciate that, and I need about 10 more pastors that have a burden for ministry to do the same thing in mission. So you help, help us pray for that. Uh, we're glad to have Alyssa's mother with us in service today. Um, and if I start naming visitors, and I've already started it, I will leave somebody out. But if you're visiting with us, we want you to know there's no place you could be and be appreciated any more than you are right here at the McClenney Church of God. Let's let our visitors know they're our honored guest today. 
Amen. And then this morning is a very uh, special day. It was her birthday yesterday, and, and we're going we, gonna to love on her here in just a little while. But Sister Lyons uh, turned, she hit the big nine zero yesterday. 90 years old, uh, retired pastor's wife, pastored 40-some-odd years, blazed a trail so that you and I could enjoy what we're blessed to enjoy here today. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for her and for that. And if I live, if I live, if I'm still alive, and I hadn't got old and left this world by the time she turns 100, I'm going to dance at her birthday party. I don't care what nobody says. Turn me out for all I care. Ushers, come around, and uh, let's get our pledges ready. We want you to give as giving unto the Lord. The, t the Bible says that bring you all the tithe. This not this, all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There will not be room enough to receive it. Amen. So I want you to uh, bless the Lord in your tithes and your offerings this morning. Get this and pray about it. I don't want you to, unless you're not going to be back, I don't want you to take this and fill it out yet. I want you to pray about it. Let the Lord speak to your heart. And then you fill that out and turn it, turn it back in. Brother Buddy. Amen. Worship as you give this morning. Oh, if you're free, say amen this morning. Oh, he set me free. Yes, he set me free. He broke the bond. of night has drifted away. Oh, my feet are planted on high ground, and glory to God, I'm homeward bound. He set me free, yes, he set me free, and he broke the bonds of prison for me. Oh, I'm glory bound, I Jesus to see, for glory to God. Put your hands together with the musicians today. Listen here. Goodbye to sin and things that confound. Nothing of this sin cursed world's gonna turn me around. Oh, daily I'm working. I'm praying to and glory to God. Church, I'm going through. He set me free. Yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. Oh, I'm glorified by Jesus to see for glory to God. Sing it one more time. He set me free. Yes, he set me free. And he broke the bonds of prison for me. And I'm glorified by Jesus to see for glory to God. He set me free. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. I want to ask Brother Estes to come on around. We're so glad to have him with us. He and uh, Sister Erica are just a, a staple to us as a church. They're vital 
our functionality and our existence. They have helped us become what we are in God today for years of ministry and pouring in. And I often say Brother Zane is one of those guys that has helped us raise our families. Amen. Been preaching to our kids from youth camp until the present day and blessing our churches. And I love him. And I appreciate him and his family. And we're glad to have them with us. And I want to ask him to come around and obey the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. You love the Lord this morning. Amen. I believe you do. And so glad to have you all here with us here in this service. And uh, just been looking forward to it. Believing the Lord to help us this week. It's a very vital week. And I, I don't I don't believe I say this lightly. This could be the most important week of your year. Because I believe not only does God want to work on us, God wants to work through us. Now, here's how it works. If, if God can work on you, then, then God can get to the place where he can work through you. But if you're not even willing for God to work on you, then there's no way that the Lord can work through you. And I believe God wants to work on us. I believe God wants to deal with us. And not only does he want to deal with us, the question is, can we allow the Lord to work through us? complete that commission that he's called us unto, that we might hear him say, well done, good, faithful servant. He's not a man that he should lie. If he says those words, he will have meant it. I do want to say what a joy it is to again to see your pastor, and I do want to give honor to your pastor and appreciate him so much, and to say words like unbelievable, baffling perhaps, of the number of doors, opportunities that's been opened to your pastor, to this church. In fact, that's probably an, an insufficient description of the doors that have been opened for this local church to be able to minister through into Pakistan and Europe and Israel, South America, Central America, so on and so forth. Not every church has that opportunity, nor does every church even have that mindset, the desire to do that. But I do remind you with great opportunities comes great responsibilities. The Lord's placed something before your hands. But now you have to turn around and to answer for that which is placed before you. And I believe God wants to help us this week to be able to answer that. I will be praying for you throughout the continuation of this week. I've, I've been praying for your pastor. In fact, he's really been on my heart the past couple of weeks. I, I really didn't know that you all were coming up on your missions conference, but perhaps that was why the Lord laid that on my heart, because I want to see this church used. I really mean that. I want to see this church used in these last days. Amen. Now, if you have your Bibles, and I know that you do, please turn with me to 1 Kings this morning, chapter number 2. 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 5. And while you're turning to 1 Kings chapter 2 and begin reading in verse number 5 with me, let me preface, preface this by simply making this statement. I don't approach you this morning as one that has arrived. I have not apprehended what apprehended me. I am a pilgrim on my journey too. And that's why, Sister Estes, I'm asking the Lord to deal with me today. Because I want my motives right. I want my motives pure. I don't want to fall into the trap of simply going through the motion and forgetting who it's all about. And I really want the Lord to deal with us. And I'll just tell you up front, I am leaning heavily on the Lord today. I need his help. I need his help. First Kings chapter 2 and verse number 5, God's word, it reads like this. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zariah, did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, and to Abner, the son of Ner, and to Mesa, the son of Jether whom he slew and shed the blood of war in peace and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins and in his shoes that were on his feet. Verse number 6. Do therefore according to thy wisdom and let not his forehead go down to the grave in peace. What an amazing thought. Here Joab, a loyal general in David's kingdom and at the end of his life David says you don't let that old gray headed man go down in peace you show him judgment 
I didn't really know what to label or call it, titled it this morning, but I was going to title it this. I began to say, the sad case of the loyal servant. But I think I want to title it this, just simply this. Your little kingdom. Your little kingdom. How many of you know it's not about your kingdom? It's still about the king. You going to help me today? Let's slip up our hands to heaven. Let's ask the Lord to have his way and deal with us and search us and help us. Oh, Father, I need you now, God. I cannot make you, I cannot force you to speak to us, but I humbly ask you to speak to us today. I humbly ask you to deal with us today. God, have your way in this service. Lord, touch me and anoint me. I pray let that holy oil, God, flow through me today. Let me not simply speak about God, but let me speak for God today. I ask you to deal with us around these altars. God, don't let anybody leave the same way they've come in. For this I give you glory, honor, and praise. In the holy name of Jesus we do pray. And everyone said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. It's such an unusual subject. It's such an unusual person. He's such an unusual character. Now, in America, in our culture, and even inside of our churches, we love these broadly defined lines of good guy over here and bad guy over there. We want to make sure that the good guy wears white and the bad guy wears black. And we, we always know who to easily root for, and we always know who to passionately vilify. But how many of you know sometimes in Bible characters it's not always that easy? Because sometimes we see men and they, they've got some good qualities over here and they've got some not good qualities over there. And sometimes it's not as always easy as just saying that's 100% this or 100% that. We really have to dive into the text and we really have to dig, dig into this text to figure out what kind of man we are dealing with this morning. Because I want to show you some beloved, this man we deal with Joab he's a remarkable man he's the kind of man you want on your team in so many ways if there's anybody that's going to shoot to the top it's going to be Joab he knows how to administer he knows how to execute he knows how to win wars in fact whenever David looks around and says I need somebody how to stand up against the Jebusites amen Joab is there and he says I'm your man there's no mountain too high there's no river too wide. I mean we could almost look and salute the man because he knows how to build his little kingdom but there's a problem inside of Joab's life. It's one that we don't really see until the end of the curtain. It's someone we don't really recognize until something happens back to him. How many of you know there's a lot of folks they love Jesus as long as he's turning their water into wine but is he still king when he turned your wine back into water are you in this thing just because of the kingdom or do you really love the king there's a motive that's at play there's something that we don't even always see on the outside that we have to let God search on the inside of our hearts because here's a man he's daring he's cunning he has courage he has wisdom and yet at the end of his life David says don't you let that gray-headed man go down in peace don't you let that man die the death of peace and the king pronounces judgment on Joab's life and the only thing I can think that's worth than that are men and women that sit in the house of God they know the songs we sing they even pay a tithe every now and again but it's never a love for the king it's just their little kingdom it's their little circle it's their little world it's their come on here their heart has never been surrendered to the bigger picture their heart has never been surrendered to what the Lord wants to do around the world all they want to do is say hey what about right here yes right here matters but how many of you know it's not about my kingdom it's still about the king it's still about what he wants it's still about his will oh great God the man has a loyalty I said the man has a loyalty but he never learns the love for the king help me Lord 
the man has a loyalty. You know what type of loyalty that he has? He has the same type of loyalty that I see so many times inside of our churches. He has a family loyalty. But that's, help me Lord, but that's as deep as it goes. The Bible says in verse number 5, Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zariah, did to me. Now who is this Zariah? I'm so glad you asked. Zariah is David's sister. Joab is her little boy. That boy grew up hearing stories about David. That boy grew up hearing about how he slays giants and bears and lions and everything else. And the reason he so motivated for the kingdom you know why just like so many hearts in the house of God today they say you know why I come to church well that's just what my family does we just always come to church you know why we sing these songs because that's just what we do we've always sang these songs but they've never had a personal experience that has changed their life and set them on a new course Why are you here? Because that's what my family always does. We've just always went to church on Sunday morning. And if that's where your loyalty is, you're more loyal to your family than you are my father. Oh, help me this morning. Because if, um, if family quits going to church, you know what you're going to do? You're going to quit going to church too. And if family gets crossways over what the king wants done, you'll get crossways too. And I'm telling somebody this morning, you need to step out of your own little kingdom and come back to a love for the king and say, Lord, whether my mama makes it or not, whether daddy stays or not, whether brother prays or not, as for me, as for my heart, I love you, king. I love you, Jesus. I'm glad that the Savior saved me. I'm glad that my king redeemed me. I'm glad that he shed his blood for me. And I want to love the king. I want to love the king. Listen, I, I've got four little precious girls. And we try to teach them because the Bible says we ought to train them in the way that they should go. And I teach them principles of modesty. I hope you still believe that, don't you? Come on here. We teach our little girls not only should it cover it should also conceal. In other words, just because you say, well, it covers if it doesn't conceal, and if it's immodest, if it's if it's still tight and seductive, you have no right to wear that same man. But beloved, hear me. I don't want my little girls growing up saying the only reason we dress this way, the only reason we pray this way is because that's how daddy always told us to do it, and that's because of the circles that we run in. They seem to do the same. Here's what I've been praying, Brother Johnny. Would you, Lord, Lord Jesus, would you brand holiness onto the hearts of all of my children? And if daddy dies, if mama dies, if their kingdom falls apart, they'll still look to the king. They'll still hold on to the king. They'll walk with the king. His kingdom. All the time. It's his tradition. Get together this way and my way and this way. But he never knows what it means to love the king. I hate to say it, but in our churches, we have taken on such a mentality of the world where every time we come, oh Lord, help me see it and say it right. Because I, I'm not talking about neglect. I know I understand home fires that need to burn and all the above. But if we're not careful, we'll come to this place and think it's some sort of entertainment. And we love to see the first string players. You know, we always love to see the starting quarterback. And we always love to see the top brass and all that stuff. And if one of them isn't here because they're on a mission for the king, I'm telling you, there's liable to be problems in the kingdom. And what you don't understand is if you would look a little higher and say, Lord, it's not about me. It's not about my little kingdom. It's about what God wants all over this earth. Say amen. Oh, Lord, help me this morning. He's got a family loyalty, but he never knows the king. Not only does he have a family loyalty, he's got a fundamental loyalty. Hey, he believes the right things about David, no doubt. You believe David's king over Israel? Well, I believe it with my mouth. 
He said, you think David killed Goliath? I believe that. In fact, there comes a man by the name of Abner. Now understand, Abner tries to set up another kingdom. He looks at a man by the name of Ishbosheth, and he's got no right to be king. And Joab doesn't want any part of that. But he knew, he, Joab knows that David is sovereign and that he is sufficient. He'd been around him long enough. Amen. He'd heard him. He'd spoke to him. Amen. With a verbal response, he would say yes. Amen. He'd say yes. I see him as king. But hear me, there comes a day where Abner has a change of heart. Abner sees the errors of his way. Abner knows that he'd done wrong but yet even though that man had repented and made things right Joab is not willing for any new person to come in and mess up his little kingdom he's more worried about his position he's more worried about his power than he is the presence of God wait a second who? Abner Abner's coming Abner Abner, that same Abner, in fact, if you think back in the story, Abner was the one that killed Joab's brother. I don't have time to get in this morning. He didn't want to do it, but there was a problem in the past. And because he still had that bitterness that he could not let go, he was more worried about his family name than what the king desired. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Are you hearing me today? He never understands the mind of David. He doesn't understand that David, the king, has a willing heart to forgive. David has a willing heart to let it go. David has a willing heart to put it under the blood and let bygones be bygones and people that are more concerned about their little kingdom than the king of kings they'll never let the past go David made Abner men that were with him a feast Abner said I will arise and go and gather all Israel into thy my Lord that they may make a league with thee that thou mayest reign over all thine heart desireth and David said to Abner and he sent him away and went in peace. You know what he says? Abner says, David, king, I was wrong. I did wrong. But if you'll let me go, I'll go out to the four corners of the earth. And I'll pull people in for your kingdom. If you'll send me, David, I'll go. And David says, you go, Abner. I've forgiven you. God's made it right with you. Now go. And Joab knows that's going to go against the power structure. His name may get in the magazine before mine. Help me, Lord. His name may get on the marquee before mine. Good night. They may put his name on some type of missions director before mine. And he says, ain't no going to be none of it. He never understands the heart of God. Joab was come from David and sent out after Abner. Amen. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly and smoke him under the fifth rib and he died and the blood for the blood of Asahel his brother amen a strange thing happens the king is willing to forgive but men that are more concerned about their little kingdom than the king of kings they're never willing to forgive anybody the Bible says the blood shows on his girdle and blood falls in his shoes what an interesting thought now, if a man, well, Johnny, if a man has blood on his girdle and blood on his shoes, that tells me this, that there's no way he could have took that and stabbed him in that fifth rib and stayed over here. You know what Joab does? Joab says, hey, Abner, let me get close to you, Abner. Hey, Abner, I'm your friend. Abner, let me get side beside that's what happens with men that are more concerned about their little kingdom. Help me, Lord, than God Almighty. They come with a pretense. They come with a show. They come with a smile. But what you don't realize is they don't love the king like they think they love the king. They're more concerned about their pew. They're more concerned about their place. They're more concerned about their position. They're more concerned about their power. They don't mind who they get close to. But you watch out. They're never willing to let anybody 
anybody else come in. They're never willing to see a soul saved across this world. It's not about their kingdom. It doesn't help them directly. It doesn't make their church look a little better. It doesn't make their pew look a little fuller. They don't know what the love of the king is about. Friend, he's got a fundamental loyalty, but he doesn't know the mind of the king. He's got a family loyalty. He doesn't know the heart of the king. He's got a fighting loyalty. He doesn't know the soul of the king. The king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, deal gently, deal gently for my sake with the young man. Even Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. So the people went out in the field against Israel, and the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. Verse number 10, 2 Samuel 18 and 10 says, And a certain man saw it and told Joab, Behold, I saw Absalom hanging in an oak. In verse 14, And Joab, I, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom. While well, he was yet alive in the midst of the oak, and the ten young men that bear Joab's armor come passed about and smote Absalom and slew him. Men that the king had forgiven, he stabs in the back. Men the king was willing to forgive, he stabs in the heart. Oh, hey church, if we want to, we could kill it this way. If we want to, we could fold our arms and say, why should I care about anybody over there? I'll tell you why. Because the king is willing to forgive them too. I said the king is willing to forgive them too. Why should I worry about that man across the street in McClenny? Why should I worry about that man in Madrid? Why should I worry about what happens right here? Why should I worry about what happens right there? Because it's not just about your little kingdom. It's still about the king. Just as Jesus was willing to die for us, he realized that David was willing to die for Absalom. Was Absalom wrong? Yes. Were you? I remember that one time, you've heard me say it before, that witch came into my office. I looked up and I don't know how she got past the secretary. And I said, ma'am, can I help you? She said, I keep having dreams about your church and I want you to make those dreams stop. And I said, well, ma'am, I didn't get your dreams started, so I'm not about to make them stop. And I asked her a question. I said, who got you into this? And she said, nobody got me. Uh, nobody got me into that. I said, somebody got you into that, that dark stuff. She said, nobody got me into that. And I, and I looked at her. I said, that's a lying spirit. Somebody got you into that. And she looked back at me. She said, well, did somebody get you into this? And I stood up, I smiled, and I said, yes, ma'am, they did. Somebody preached to me because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Brother Estes, who was the man that preached to you the night you got saved? Are you ready for me to tell you? I wish I could. I can't even remember his name. All I remember was I was a boy and a man come by the church and he preached. And it scared me to death. Yeah, it did. Because hell was a reality. And I prayed and I prayed. I don't know where that man is today. But somehow or another, that man connected me with McClendon Church of God some 20, 30 years later. All I know is when we get out of ourselves, when we quit looking at ourselves and say it's not about me, it's still about him. It's not about my desire. It's still about you. It's not what I want. It's still about the king. Lord, put a love inside of my heart that says my king comes before my little kingdom. My king is everything to me. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Joab says you've shamed us. You've shamed everybody. Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, he says to David. What audacity to speak to his king that way. Which this day have saved thy life. And the lives of thy sons and thy daughters and the lives of thy wives and the lives of thy concubines. And that thou lovest thine enemies. 
and hatest thine friends. Friend, Joab could not have been more wrong when he said you hate your friends. And Joab could not have been more right when he says you loved your enemies. And sometimes people say, well, don't you know, I was in the hospital on Tuesday and I had a toe that was that was a little stubbed and nobody came and saw me. And yet they run hither and thither. I tell you what, they love everybody over here and they don't love nobody. Let me tell you, you more wrong you couldn't be. We do love you. We are reaching out. We are praying for you. But can I tell you, there's a world that's waiting for somebody to tell them the name of the king. For somebody to let them know that Jesus died and that he rose from the ground and that he's coming back soon and that they can repent and be saved say amen ah come on I felt it when I bumped it right there I felt it when I come against it right there why don't you start putting the king before your personal kingdom oh lord what does he do I'm trying to close he doesn't understand the heart of the king he doesn't understand the mind of the king he doesn't understand the will of of the king. Adoniah, the son of Haggai, exalted himself saying, I will be king. Wait a second. Solomon's supposed to be king. Prepared him chariots and horsemen. Fifty men to run before him. And he conferred with Joab. Verse 7 of Kings 1. The son of Zariah, with Abathar the priest, and they followed Adonijah and left him. Now David's got another son his name is Adonijah and Joab. Because all he thinks about is how can I move up in the world? What can I do to climb the ladder? He misses the bigger picture of God. Sound familiar? Hell, I love it when those young boys that come up and say, my brother, that's just... What's this? Come on, no, 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 no. I, I know you got to pray as if it's, you know, just something you do on the side. I know you got to pray. I know you got But what, what's the secret? What's the secret to seeing all those doors open up? And I say that humbly. What's the secret? And I always tell the boys, you want to know the secret? Psst, come here. I'll tell you the secret. And man, they put that listener's lean. They lean in. And I said, Psalms 25 tells us the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. You want to know why people backslide? Because they quit fearing the king. They fear what may happen to their personal little kingdom. They fear about what people think about their personal name rather than fearing the king and say, how could I not do what God has asked me to do? Here's what I've got to search my heart, and here's where you've got to search your heart today. When it really comes to the king's work, when it really comes to sacrificing, when it really comes to saying, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done, am I more concerned about me? Or am I more concerned about the king? I'm not talking about bank robbers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about people that would go out and do some atrocious sin. I'm talking about folks, man, they're loyal. They're loyal to their kingdom. But they never love the king. And at the end of his life, at the end of his life, a man that had fought battles, a man that had sacrificed, a man, son, he'd have done anything to make sure that light was burning right here. But he could care less about a light that shined over here. And David said, put that man in charge. I don't know him. David, ain't that your kid? I don't know that man. You don't let that old gray-headed man go down in there. He's not my servant. Jesus says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me. 
and you would look at it. What are these people? How could they work such iniquity? It's simply this. They're more concerned about their little world than God's. I'm not here to put anybody on any guilt trip or condemnation. I'm asking the Lord to search us today. Are we truly willing to say, Lord, I'll sacrifice my kingdom for my love for the king? Sister Estes, help me this morning, will you? Preacher, there's going to be a lot of people. They're going to die. They're going to go to hell. And in that casket, they're going to be draped with Sunday school certificates, banners for perfect attendance, offering receipts, baptismal certificates, and everything underneath the sun. And I say, man, they sure were loyal. That's not the question. The question is not, am I loyal to my kingdom? Am I truly loyal to my king? You can start any time you'd like. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, Examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove yourselves. He said in 2 Peter 1, 10, Brethren, Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. It's an odd thing. It's an odd thing. I can't quite put my finger on it. But I've seen men that would be so loyal to a cause, to a creed, to a code, to a crowd, but never cry. And at the end of their life, God says, I remember years ago, and you've probably heard this till it's threadbare, but I remember the story that Brother Clendenin told us of how as a young preacher he came to visit an elderly preacher who was on his deathbed about to make that crossing over. And he said that elderly man shook with fear. And his whole time, he said, as I was speaking to him, he said the man was in absolute torment. With every breath drawn, it seemed like it made it that much worse. And as he began to leave that older gentleman, he began to pray and he said, Oh God, why would a man who was a preacher for all these years have such a fear at this place in his life? He said, the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, Son, that's a preacher. I told to do something and he never did it. And now he knows he's going to have to face me. Want anything mess up my kingdom? It's nice, it's cozy, everything's fine. But when the king walks into your world and said, There's something I want from you, there's something you need to be doing, and it's bigger than your little world, it's about my world. There's crossroads a man has to cross. I'm either going to stay with my little kingdom or I will surrender to my king. Stand with me all over this house today, church. It's easy, church, to be the average church. Oh, all you have to do is turn this thing into some kind of sideshow circus. Pews would fill, offering pans would overflow, and pandemonium would reign. And that's the trend that most quote-unquote churches are going today. They're after the crowd. They know the little code to follow. But they never once let God tap on their heart and say, I want something more out of you. They want something deeper out of you. They never truly fell in love with the king. Every head bowed, every eye closed, every heart open, please. Lord, search us this morning. Deal with us this morning. God, don't ever put my desires above yours. God, Lord, let my desires be surrendered to your desires. Let me have the mind of God. Let me have the heart of God. 
Let me know the will of God. God, let me forgive like you forgave me. Let me have a hunger to forgive like you have a hunger to forgive. God, don't let my allegiance simply, simply be to my family, my upbringing, to what's around, but to you and you alone. I'm asking you, God, deal with us this morning. Deal with us. Touch our hearts, Lord. We would truly love the King. Church, I'm going to ask every last one of us that would, can we simply slip out from where we're standing? Can we come around these altars this morning on this very first Sunday morning of this missions conference? Can we ask God to deal with our motives?